Hello, and welcome to NORC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home to NORC Troopers. If you like today's episode, visit my website where you'll find so many resources to help you on your recovery journey. Today's topic is, how could such a sweet and courageous, uh, courteous and kind and wonderful, charming and all of that, you know, person be so deadly and horrible and sick. So the adorable covert somatic narcissist never shows their rage, shame, or envy. It's all sugar and spice and not so nice. So let's think about this. There are different types of narcissists and they will all exist on a spectrum. They do. And uh, when people go on about how nasty a narcissist can be with rage and insults and even physical violence, they are not talking about the shy, vulnerable, covert narcissist who is just too good to be uh, true. And um, they're always on their best behavior. Well, there is something cute and childlike that brings out your tender instincts to trust them and allow yourself to be vulnerable. Um, Someone like that, who is so polite and charming, kind and helpful and all of that, well, there's just no way that they could be dangerous and harmful, right? Um, You just want to hug them and cuddle with them and bring them warm cookies and milk. By nature, most narcissists feel contempt beneath the surface. So in order to idealize and enjoy the infatuation and limerence, they gaslight themselves and bury negative feelings of hostility and defiance under layers of sugar-coated goodness. But it's not real. And in addition to the saccharine sweet facade that they present to the world, the covert narcissist is also uh, shockingly inept at life and essentially quite the idiot. They're stupid. They uh, may be intellectually gifted or artistically talented, but their common sense ability to navigate through life is severely compromised. It's like they don't know how to be a human being. And so in a sense that it's a disability and they are disabled. There are several reasons for this, um, this apparent stupidity. They cannot do better because they have no continuous memory. That's the, the first issue that makes this a problem. They suffer from selective amnesia which affects 80 to 90% of their long-term memory. When holes or gaps appear, they just fill them in with made-up confabulations and fabrications that reinforce the narrative that their head um, has to keep to keep their false persona alive and well. I mean, they have to believe what they have to believe to keep that going, right? They never uh, learn from their mistakes. This is another thing, in addition to the lack of continuous memory, which also interrupts 
identity formation, um, they, they don't learn. They can't learn uh, because they can't be reflective, really, at least not in a way that has empathy, which is sort of required for, for people to be able to adjust their behavior. You know, they never accept responsibility for their mistakes or their misdeeds. It's always someone else's fault. And as they blame shift and play the perpetual victim, they feed their grandiosity, which is a core malignant feature of their narcissism to compensate for enormous shame caused by trauma. And that's a subject for another day. Their lack of empathy makes it impossible for them to have genuine relationships with other people. They feel like the odd duck, but they don't understand why. So they chalk it up to their superiority over all other creatures, which sets them apart. Most people can see these red flags, but, but you know, um, a lot of times we choose to ignore them um, for different reasons. Uh, a lot of times they're motivated by unhealthy issues that we may have. In addition to all of this, uh, the covert, vulnerable, shy narcissist will play dumb, act naive, roll over and play submissive to camouflage the manipulative Machiavellian uh, nature of their true predatory um, inclinations. That's the way they're built as predators. Uh, they come off as kind of, you know, a helpful, nice guy or, or girl and... Um, their intentions are self-motivated by a need for power, control, affirmation, adoration, and all that stuff, right? And um, that feeds their emptiness and acts as fuel and supply, which is always their primary intention for what, why they do anything. Their submissive behavior only serves to mask their ravenous desire to consume their prey. Without a working conscience, or any set of morals to guide them, it's pretty much like anything goes. Finally, um, the covert narcissist's ability to sabotage and to get into their own way, because they kind of self-destruct most of the time, and, and that happens over and over again, it's just unparalleled. And here again, they can be very high IQ, have academic success, and be very gifted and talented in some ways. But we're talking about this kind of um, emotional maturity and this kind of um, uh, common sense about how to deal with life and, you know, soft skills, people, people, uh, interpersonal communications, all of that kind of stuff. It's almost like they're on the spectrum in some ways because it's kind of a similar flat effect that, that they uh, seem to have, you know. Um, so whatever degree of success that they manage to achieve is usually lost due to their own inability to maintain the stability that's needed to, um, to excel and to keep it going and to thrive on a long-term basis. They have little foresight, magical thinking, and they have unrealistic and fantastical ideas 
and a kind of brand of toxic positivity that is not grounded in truth or fact. You know, there are parts of their brain that are not developed um, correctly or completely and that don't work the same way that a neurotypical brain works. And so all of that um, makes it where it's not really a choice, it's just how they are almost uh, in a in a physiological kind of way. You know, when things don't work out the way that they want, then they spend the whole thing to construct imaginary reasons why things went wrong, and they refuse to accept any accountability for their part in that failure. They can be conspiratorial in their thinking and paranoid about everyone else being against them. Their mentality is more of um, you versus me uh, versus them versus, you know, it's me against the universe kind of um, us and them mentality instead of a we. They don't ever think we because there can only be an illusion of we in a person without empathy or understanding. And I think it's really important to think about that for a second. There cannot be um, any concept of we uh, in a person that has no empathy or, or morals. You know, what could be so deadly about a helpless, hapless, submissive seducer like the covert narcissist is really mind-boggling. Like, what what could be so dangerous about these people? They pose a tremendous danger, actually, to to your mental health, and they can crush the soul of an average person without ever acknowledging it at all, as if it, they did nothing. And uh, I have heard people say, and in research studies I have read, that they don't have to necessarily be aware of what they're doing. The psychopath probably is premeditated and calculated and aware of their manipulative dark triad features, but the narcissist doesn't have to be aware. Maybe sometimes they are. There's You can find those people online, the professed narcissists who, who do have a kind of self-awareness. They're very rare. That's not common. That's not the status quo by any means. Usually they're not calculatingly plotting and doing all of that. It's just how they are, you know, it's just what they are. Um, so you think, well, what makes them so dangerous? Well, that in itself is problematic, isn't it? Um, many of the victims of a narcissistically disordered relationship are vulnerable because they have some kind of complex trauma or attachment issues or codependency or something going on. You know, I like to think of these couples as twin orphans who were raised by wolves or something, and they, they were denied love or safety or both. You know, they are both starving for unconditional love and validation from external sources since they never learned how to source it from within. And that is a huge problem. And it's one that we should definitely um, acknowledge here, is that they can't self-validate. They have to look outside themselves to be able to to have that. And it's not 
usually just the narcissist, usually the type of people that pair with them have a similar need for external validation. And, you know, they are both children of trauma, I would say, in the vast majority of cases, uh, trauma or abuse, which can take many forms and is often invisible when looking at a family and their dynamics. You can't always tell what's really under the surface. Things may look just hunky-dory, peachy keen, but upon closer examination, you realize that that's not at all. Um, things are not what they appear to be. Um, these targets, victims, volunteers, whatever you want to call them, the, the partners of the cluster B disordered people, they have been groomed and programmed to accept even the most superficial and perverse forms of attention so that the person with NPD feels quite familiar, uh, just like home, just like mom and dad, or, you know, just like something that they grew up with. Victims and volunteers of predatory narcissists, sociopaths, and psychopaths are entrained and enmeshed and trauma bonded to a disordered individual who is adept at brainwashing, indoctrinating, isolating, subjugating, controlling, owning, and parenting by the disordered person. It, it's some, those are all pieces of those kinds of relationships. After a while, you just can't get away. Um, their identity has been stolen, and they are gradually becoming more and more hollow themselves, just like the predators that they are allowing to feed off of them. So the weapons of mass seduction used by the cluster B disordered person are undeniably um, stellar, you know, exceptionally um, out of this world, over the top, over the rainbow, uh, all of that. And they possess an energy that vibes with their partner in ways that make it seem like they just cannot survive without that energetic connection. The somatic, especially, the somatic narcissist uh, uses their body and sex to gain power over their, um, over their significant other. And the alliance feels intimate and consummate like twin flames or soulmates or something like that. It's very powerful, powerful stuff. They leverage their generous endowments to enchant, mesmerize, hypnotize, and entrain their victims, which is sort of like conditioning them. Um, and, and then you just can't resist. It seems too good to be true. And actually, it is too good to be true. The narcissist may even take on a messiah-like quality uh, as they preach the gospel of enlightenment and truth. Uh, think about all the cult leaders, you know, through history. They may appear larger than life to a person who is so desperately seeking love and acceptance from a parent figure. Think, you know, and back to the cult thing, think about Charles Manson and people like that. How did they hypnotize their followers to act in ways that would have been unimaginable before they met him? Right? He had people doing crazy stuff, murdering and all of this stuff that they never would have done. Um, these gifted con artists know how to usurp control of others and establish harems and cadres of loyal flying monkeys, lieutenants, 
and other loyal followers who would die for them. Ask those people who stormed the Capitol why they felt compelled to take such drastic action, and most will tell you that they were under some kind of spell of influence and that they regret not thinking more prudently and more independently. That's a lot of what some of them did was very uncharacteristic. They weren't criminal types. They were regular people who got carried away by somebody who had um, kind of fed them a whole bunch of stuff and kind of brainwashed them in a sense. So here's a final thought. Imagine that you walk into a room with a dozen people and you have no clue what real emotions are and what empathy for someone feels like or authenticity or genuine care for another human that is honest and not driven by ulterior motives. Just imagine you're that person. You join them, but you feel incredibly awkward are they friend or foe? What do they want or think or feel or do with their intentions? You pretend to listen. You mirror their emotions, expressions, mannerisms, all that, speech, everything. You try to blend in and not stand out as something unusual or different or creepy or weird. You study them and you watch intently and you pick up their mannerisms, emotional responses, behaviors, all of that, you know, that don't come natural to you. And you move about the room wondering if they notice that there's something incongruous, ill-fitting, and strange about you. Some have called this the uncanny valley effect. The uncanny valley is a term used to describe the relationship between a, the, the human-like appearance of a robotic object and the emotional response that it evokes. In this phenomena, people feel a sense of unease or even revulsion in response to this humanoid robots that are highly realistic. So this term is applicable to the narcissist because for all practical purposes, they are a robotic object trying to integrate into the world of warm-blooded humans. They will never quite do it, though. They can't pull it off. They can appear very realistic and genuine for short periods of time, and through mirroring and reflecting you, on an emotional context that it can seem very intimate and very real because they're just reflecting how you're feeling back to you. Um, right? So if you think about that, that's not coming from them. It's emanating from you. The narcissist is capable of genuine, authentic, positive emotions like, um, uh, like love and intimacy and bonding and attachment and all that stuff. Their reptilian brains, coupled with their interrupted development, arrested development, yeah, let's use that, um, and psychological um, uh, brain abnormalities, they render a person who is lacking the very basic human emotions and characteristics that make us human. Isn't that what it, what makes us human? While they may appear to be sweet as pie, behind that mask is a malfunctioning, empty, robotic person seething with envy, contempt, and shame. They are angry that the world does not see how brilliant and exceptional that they are, 
and they must blame you for causing them this imaginary harm that justifies their failures, um, which outnumber their victories because of their self-sabotaging um, characteristics that they all do. I know my ex-husband, I'm 100% sure he blames me for every failure that he experiences. And, um, and, and I was championing him for 16 years. Number one, he was like, you know, put at the top on a pedestal or something. And, and yet he blames me and as he must, because there has to, he has to be the victim. He has to play uh, the pity card and sit on the pity pot and, and elicit supply and fuel by milking that for all it's worth. And they all do that. It's not just like specific to my situation over and over in every narcissistic relationship. That's the dynamic. So keep your distance from any type of narcissist because they are dangerous. I'll bet in different ways. Um, they may prevent, present themselves all sugar and spice wrapped in ribbons and bows and wielding their powers of seduction and manipulation and exploitation to get as much as they can for as long as they can for free from their host. This shiny, sparkly, glittery phase never lasts and their infatuation and idealization phase will always end sooner or later. Eventually, they're going to show you how much they have always hated and resented you. And eventually they will abandon you without a trace of accountability for how they have hurt you and everyone around you. These are dangerous, sick toddlers in adult bodies with brains that are not equipped to deal with anything in a realistic or honest way. The only thing you can do is to get away and stay away. And when intrusive thoughts come, and they will, and you're longing for them and craving them because of your addiction uh, and dependency upon them and because of the shared fantasy and trauma bonds and all of that stuff, remember what a storm that they brought into your life and the damage that they caused not just to you but to everybody around you. They are a silly indulgence that comes with a price that no one is ever really prepared to pay. So, again, the answer is get away, stay away, no matter how hard that may be. It's the only safe thing, and it's the right thing to do. Okay, guys, thank you, and I'll see you next time. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you.